Are we live right now? Are we we are live. We're live. Um, live. Hey, recording. What are we going to do with the, the forum? I know we've talked about. You, you guys don't want to do my idea? What? Yeah, let's do <laughs> Sal's idea. It was We're, brilliant. Well, so the, the price of the forum is going up forever on on the on the first of April, right? Right, Doug? That's, That's right absolutely there. correct. And so if you if you get it now, you get it at the ridiculously low price of what is it, twenty seven dollars mm-hmm. one time fee for mm-hmm. life. There's tons of trainers on there, lots of other people who are into fitness, uh, lots of great information. But if you wait till the first, it'll go up to thirty seven dollars, and then it's never going to go down again. April first is is freaking April Fools. Yeah. Also, <laughs> what if we, happens to land on April Fools? What if we raise it to like a hundred and seven, and then we're like, ha, ah, April Fools! It wasn't going to go to thirty seven. It went to one hundred seven. You should have got it at twenty seven, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be a great April Fool's joke? You know what? I think a lot of people. I can't do it now because I, I just. Think, said I don't it. think a lot of people will get the joke. Yeah, but, I think a lot uh, of. That's what I think. I think we'll be right down the middle. Actually, I think we're going to make a lot of people laugh, and we do think all the motherfuckers yeah. that got into the forum already. <laughs> they're going to think it's hella funny. They're going to be like, "Oh, I'm so glad yeah. I got it. What an idiot you were for not. I was telling you yesterday you should do it." Not <laughs> people that's only listened to like 20 episodes. Yeah, they will not get it. They won't no. think that's funny no, at all. Not at all. Yeah, so, yeah, it was pretty much. A but dick price move. for sure going up April first, never going up again. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, never going down again that's right Right. uh and if you enroll you pay one fee that's it you never pay it again and you get access to a freaking bomb ass forum sick community of people it's worth more than almost anything else we offer because of all the 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 attention we pay we pay on it people Mm -hmm. ask us questions ask each other questions people share work people are talking right now yeah, yeah no, like all, all all of us are on there. So that and what it's used for, I would say, let's the, some of the uh, most common things. It's a great, pretty much live uh, questions. Any questions that you have related to your program that you may or concerns or anything going on with you, we also use a lot. You get a lot of people will actually uh, video their their form. They'll perform a squat or a deadlift and uh, critique it. A lot of times, so many people now have been going through the program and they've been around through so many rounds of the phases and and have learned so much through all the episodes that. Before either one of us three even get on there, there's five, six, seven people that have already helped that person out. And nine times out of ten, like us guys, we, the only time we really have to step in, which is rarely ever, where we feel like there's something that someone needs to know more information about whatever their question was or you know a little more detail to what everyone and we, and we do have a decent amount of people on there that are certified trainers, have been trainers for a long time. Yeah, yeah, so there's yeah. a lot of good resources. Absolutely. So, there's some there's some doctors, you have some nurses, you have some physical therapists, we have mm-hmm. chiropractors on there. We got everything. That's there's, awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of people on there. Get in get on it now before April first. Otherwise the price is going up. Yep. Mindpumpmedia.com. What's up, Douglas? We have some T-shirts to give away. T-shirt time. Let's give away some T-shirts. Hey, did you guys know that was from the Jersey Shore? Why are you looking at me? Because I'm Italian? Because <laughs> I know you watched Just that because show. I, yes, right, right of course, yes, I do know. Yes, it is from the Jersey Shore. What I is? didn't know that. It was actually Polly that was the initial one to do yeah. it. And then they'd yell, It's T-shirt time. Uh, it's T-shirt time. Yeah. Okay. It's the shirt before the shirt. So I, if you watch the show, you know that. Oh, the I shirt see, before the excuse shirt. me. I've seen I've seen it before though. Yeah, I, but, and I have and I remember that now, but I didn't remember that while we were doing it. So were I, you sober when you were watching it? Probably. What was their acronym not? that they had? It was something like <laughs> Yeah, tan and oh, uh, DTL. Oh wait, the and, DTL's down but no DTL? DTF. Yeah. yeah. Right, anyway, anyway we have t shirts to give away. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Jersey Shore trivia. So this week was really good. We had 14 reviews. Boom! Awesome. So, everybody, keep it up because we're going to give away four shirts today. Oh, Oh, it's like that, son. That's the way it works. There's more reviews and merciful. Are these the 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 new ones? Oh, these are the new ones. These are the black ones. And by the way, yeah, uh, they're yeah, they're the uh, charcoal gray with the black writing on it. They're nice. They're crew neck. 
They're uh, made for us yeah, by Blown balling. Gear. I was yeah, I was wearing yeah, Blown Gear. Blown Gear, good, very yeah. good uh, workout equipment. Yeah, the they clothes, fit clothes. and feel great. <laughs> equipment. Uh, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I take my shirt and I curl it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Hey. So yeah, I want to uh, give it a works. shout out to the Blown Gear guys. They've been very helpful with us and and us producing our shirts. Uh, but yeah, we got four shirts going out. The first one is. To Howdy Duty, and this guy is a gold miner in Howdy Alaska. Duty? Whoa! whoa, whoa. Yeah. Oh, he's going I old read school. It. No, hold on a second. I read this guy's uh, this guy's um, review. He does his trigger sessions <laughs> in a freaking gold mine. He said that in the yeah, review. Yeah, he did in what? his uh, in his drill. I think he has now, a drilling. Oh, uh, we definitely he, have to give him a shirt. No, what? No, he's t- he's getting a shirt, but I I don't know. Is it real? Is it real? Are you really in a freaking gold mine in Alaska? Yeah, and very possible. That's hardcore. If you are, that's what I, I want, want you to do. I want a picture and put it on the forum. I want, you, I want yeah. you to take a videotape What kind of shit, Wi-Fi are you getting? And I want there? you to post it on Instagram, and I want you to tag us, because that would be fucking ridiculous. That would be awesome. Wear the shirt. Drew B. Fit is our next winner. Dennis Newber and New Fit are the three extra winners we have for a total of four. And the rest of you, get on there and leave us a review. Uh, five stars, of course, and you may win next week. Where do the winners email you at? Yeah, at mindpumpradio at gmail.com. Include your iTunes name, your size, and your mailing address. Size of your shirt, not your yeah, other size. Shirt size. Mm. Yeah, let's leave it in your pants. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Can you hear? Can you hear yourself now? No, I can't. Hear can myself. you hear me? Like Tell me, can you hear me? Oh, there Adam, there. can you hear uh, me? You know, laughing, <laughs> crying. Ooh, that's beautiful. That was like Barbara Streisand. I love it when Adam, Adam, like as soon as he hears his own voice, he always does this. Oh, oh, there I am. Okay, okay. Oh. Now, now we can start. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, yeah. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a sigh well, of manly relief. If people hey, could, do you talk to yourself romantically uh, while you jerk off? No, dude. If it, if people could picture <laughs> what what you it's like in here. This. Oh yeah. We all have these. We all have our you know our, our big headphones on. Closer. Oh and, my god. <laughs> and you can't hear each other talk except for three. The microphone, right? Yeah. So when you put your headphones on, and if, the, if it's not clicked on yet, I you can't just, hear. You just can't hear shit. Yeah, you can't hear anything. And then as soon as you hear it, it's like crystal. It's surround sound in your ear. <laughs> never heard, I've never heard myself in surround sound before until, you wanna, until this podcast. You want to know something funny? And you know what? It's fucking fantastic. It's nice. It's nice. <laughs> you want to? First of all, you're the one that everybody makes comments about the sultry voice. He's got such a sultry. He's voice. the one they turn the Listen, bass way up. Fuck his voice, okay? Sit on it. You want to sound like Kermit? Listen, <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't a, be sultry hey, if we didn't have Kermit, though. You know. What's funny? So, so when Excuse we first started guys, doing, like, <laughs> when we first started doing this, and I could, and I listen to myself talk. Everybody does this. When you hear your own voice, you're just like, oh, I don't like to hear my own voice. Oh, Nobody likes to hear terrible. their own voice. No, no. I'm so used to it terrible. now. <laughs> that now I like it. That now I like it. Uh, <laughs> Adam, how's uh, how's your beard come along there? You're your own fan. Well, Why to- did you trim the sides, dude? You look like Captain Morgan now. Everybody else gave in on me. You, you two, mean? you two mofos, didn't even last a week. All under the bus. You two never started. Doug, I mean, you two Listen, fell off in a week. Doug didn't ever start. There was a stipulation in that from the beginning. You remember that? Yes, yeah. I know. Yeah. I, I, what so was the this guy has to get some. Well, so my get two, some. my two oh, best yeah. friends, <laughs> my two best friends, and Brendan were all doing it that. with me too. So everybody, like, I was like, all right, cool. We got this like beard thing, and and, there, and I know everyone's like, this is so stupid. Like a bunch of guys get together and they decide they're all going to grow their beards together. You need, you know what? If you're not a beard guy and you don't rock a beard twenty four seven. 
it, it gets itchy, it gets scraggly looking. I don't, I don't know if I look really good. I mean, my girl thinks I look like a terrorist when, uh, if if I grow it out too much. We're so. just <laughs> so, Did, let me ask you this. Too racist for you? No, it's not. Okay, no, no. Say, no. So, so so let me ask you this. This is a legit question because this happens to me when I grow my beard. Because I have like a, what looks like a, not a five o'clock shadow, like a nine o'clock shadow. It's a little longer than that, the five. Oh, <laughs> but really? let's say when I, when I start to grow my beard out, because I've done it a couple times, the longer it gets, does this happen to you? The longer it gets, the more aggressive I get in my workouts. <laughs> does that happen to you guys? No. no, the shorter my hair, the more aggressive. Does that happen? Okay. For sure. You see, because I look in the mirror and I see yeah. this fucking bearded, I like. I think you're right though, yeah. You know what yeah, I'm saying? I yeah. see his bearded like fuzz rocket and, and I remind and myself shaved head? exactly. Oh, shit. And I remind myself of uh, Rocky from Rocky Four. Remember that one when he fights a Russian? And he's in the snow training. Yeah. And his beard grows out. So I'm looking in the mirror. I'm like, that looks like Rocky. Just, and I just get aggressive. <laughs> you just howl with at my the workout. Moon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Not quite. Oh shit! What was no. that? Sure. Uh, is it? That was early. Motherfucking quack! Quick quack! Quick quack! Quick quack! Go. <laughs> What was that? I don't know. I was, I was trying to come up with a tag. He's got motherfucking qua. I'm trying to invent my own. What right. is that called? Oh, right. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, back to the drawing board. He's used to stealing mine. That's why he didn't know what to do right there. He was yeah. lost. He's like, oh shit, Adam so, took his own line back. Like, what minute. do I got to yeah, do? That was an awesome line. Wait, wait. Yeah, what I got one. What's that called? A tagline? Okay, but hold, hold on a second. This is why you guys don't understand my brilliance. It didn't work when I did it, but now that we just talked about it for about two minutes. We said it three times. It is now going to be a thing. <laughs> it's going to be this car. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Everybody's going to be hashtagging. Quick, quack, quick, quack, quick, quack, quick, quack, 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 quack. All right. Uh, drop it, Dougie Fresh. All right. Joshua <laughs> Smith13 <laughs> is asking for tips for a physical therapist who wants to become a personal trainer. Oh, wow. Stay in the job you're currently in. You'll make more money. No, no. <laughs> oh, wait. That's not the tip we want to no. give. <laughs> I, uh, I. I have a lot of experience with this. I've worked with quite a few physical therapists, and then I've had physical therapists work in my gym uh, as personal trainers. Honestly, he's probably going to make a badass trainer. Who? If you're a therapist first, then you become a personal trainer. Here's the deal. Here's the problem. Mm. Physical therapists are the best when it comes to correctional exercise. That's what they do. They're correctional. They're the best at it. They're better than any trainer you'll ever find. That's where their brain's always going to be. Just excellent. They're horrible, shitty, for the most part, uh, when it comes to progressive uh, resistance, when it comes to program design for any kind of performance, for getting stronger, for building muscle, for doing any of that stuff. They simply don't. Now, of course, I'm being very general, but I'm talking about physical therapists who that's all they do is physical therapy. No, that make, you know therapist. what? I, that makes so much sense. And I've never even thought about Bro, that. Bro, you take a physical therapist who all they do is therapy. Mm-hmm. You put them in a gym. You're like, okay, put to, like I want you to do a workout that's going to make me build the most muscle strength performance. They don't know what the fuck to do. Most of them don't even know how to use a power rack or they won't know how to use a T-bar row or all this equipment that isn't in physical therapy offices. So if you're a physical therapist, you're excellent at the correctional exercise. Congratulations. That's actually, uh, that's actually the hardest part. That's one of the hardest parts. Yeah. Yeah. Now learn progressive resistance. Now learn how to train people to maximize muscle and fat loss and use your intellect that you applied when it comes to correctional exercise and learn how to program for those other things. And you'll be golden. Man. You know what? That analogy reminds mm-hmm. me of the same thing I see in the the bodybuilding world when I see these like super athletes. You know, guys that went like pretty far in like the football, whether they went NFL or hockey or whatever. They're like super athletes, super fit, just genetic freaks. 
And they then get into bodybuilding, where it's now getting into a little bit more program design is different than the way you program you had your program design for you when you were competing in sports. And they a lot of times carry that same mentality into their training program for getting ready for a show. Yeah. And it's totally different. Yeah. yeah. You know, does it work? Can a physical therapist still be a personal trainer and utilize all their tools and be pretty good? Like, absolutely. But the problem what happens is when you become an expert at something, professional athlete or a physical therapist, is you once again and you get so caught up in your own dogma that you get in your own way. And you allow yourself, because you, you are going to overanalyze. You probably would watch like a trainer train, like maybe even probably watch me train a client and be like, oh, I can't believe he's doing that because I can tell her yeah. scapula is, she has a slight elevation on the right side and her hips offset. Right, oh right, my right. God. Really he, I can't believe he would do in that. full detail. Yeah. I can't believe he's even allowing her to squat right now. Well, let's be honest. So there's, yeah, there's going to be a place for, for them too, as far as like a, a specialty type of trainer is concerned. Like, you know, there's they, a better place for them. Let's be honest with the, dem- the demographics out there. Don't you think? Yeah. Well, I mean, even too, we're talking about baby boomers. That's what I mean. Yeah. One of the biggest uh, uh, lucrative areas to get involved in right now. So it's it's a great if you already are coming from that type of a knowledge base and you're and you're coming into our you know arena as far as like fitness is concerned. Like that transitional period from like people that were in physical therapy and then are trying to get that corrective help because there's really not a great bridge there a lot of times. No, and I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, I train at any given moment. I'm training for four or five uh, doctors because I my the gym that I used to own was right uh, down the street from a big hospital. I started training one doctor. Next thing you know, I'm training a lot of them, right? So I have, and I've trained probably over 30 or 40 doctors and surgeons. And it's gotten to the point now that I've trained these people for so long they know me that uh, I probably get mm, one to three referrals a month for correctional exercise. They will send some of their patients to me mm-hmm. and not to the physical therapist. Now, this isn't because I'm better than a physical therapist at correctional exercise. I'm good enough to do correct. And, and from I'm talking about from a comparative standpoint. Now, as a trainer, I'm a, I'm a freaking badass correctional exercise guy. As a physical therapist, I'm good enough to help a lot of people. But one thing that I understand is the progressive resistance aspect or, or how to progress them through a program for performance. And so what ends up happening is their patient comes to me, gets full range of motion back, can move again, but now they're getting in shape, they're getting stronger, and they're better than they were before. Mm-hmm. Because physical therapy, for a lot of times, what they focus on is that range of motion. Mm-hmm. So you go in, you have a knee injury, they'll bring back range of motion, but they're not going to bring you back to where you were before a lot of times, or definitely not beyond that. And that's where you're going to need to focus on learning those types of things before you can move into personal training. And when you do, you're going to be an awesome personal trainer. Oh, no, I think he's... Uh well, I've had probably, God, I don't know, in 10 years, probably four or five uh, physical therapists that worked underneath me at one point, and I would coach and develop. And one of the hardest things, you know, reflecting back now of, you know, helping them, and you know, with their career was they were really, really smart. And at that point in, my, in their career, too, they were probably a lot smarter than me, especially when it comes to corrective type work. So they probably discredited a lot of stuff that I probably tried to help them and teach them with their business and being a better personal trainer because they had that edge on me, which was probably the biggest challenge I had with coaching a physical therapist. Was So, you know, you got to ha- come in with that open mind that you are. You're a badass when it comes to that. But be careful because that can get in your own way. It can because it can. you'll because someone might be teaching you something else, and because they're nowhere, you just expect them to be that versed as you. Here, bottom line: uh, if you take your average physical therapist who just does therapy and doesn't work out on their own, because 
a lot of them do therapy and don't work out on their own. They're, there's a lot of them do exercise, but a lot of them don't. They're not trainers. They're not in the gym. They're in that, that kind of rehab uh, environment. And they don't understand. You take those trainers, you take most of these physical therapists, and most of them don't understand uh, basic barbell exercises. It's a fact. Yeah. I could take the average physical therapist, bring him in a gym, put him in a squat rack, and, and have them demonstrate a barbell squat, uh, a barbell deadlift, and a barbell overhead press, and they won't know how. They understand f- the function, but they don't understand the movements uh, behind some of those big barbell movements. Many times, and I know this because I've trained, actually had physical therapists hire me as trainers, and I'll take them to the squat rack, and they understand muscle imbalances, they understand correctional exercise, but they've never done a barbell squat, and they don't know how it works and where to set the bar and all that yeah, stuff. it's so. a different focus. For totally. Sure. Josiah Bayak is asking about uh, the trends for the future in the fitness industry to become a successful trainer, because in a prior episode, you guys strongly dissuaded people from hmm. starting a gym. I'll tell you what, man. Uh, we give the analogy that it's like buying your own bar. Didn't we use that analogy? Yeah, yeah o- opening a gym is a very difficult way. Uh, it's like buying your own to bar. Make money. It's a, you know, it's a, it's if you love box. it, if you love it, that's great. Uh, but you're not going to get wealthy off of it unless you catch on to some kind of trend. You know, like Orange Theory is one of them that things grow in. Or, but I, I will say this: a lot has changed since I had lot since I had bought my gym because I had bought my gym. It's not mine anymore, but I just recently sold it. But I bought it, uh, I don't know, 13, 14 years ago, right? A lot has changed since then. And in mainly it's in social media and how that uh, is utilized now. Now I see trainers being very successful because they're very good at social media. Whereas before, that wasn't even a factor. Like when I bought my gym, you know, nobody used social media. It was the only way to build business. But now you got guys selling, guys and girls selling programs online or doing online coaching. Um, and utilizing those types of things who are extremely successful. I mean, you get yourself 10, 15, 20,000 good active followers on Instagram, for example, and you've you know potentially got yourself a decent online training business right there with just that. So that's where I would say if you're, gonna, if you're just success-oriented and you liked everything about fitness so it didn't matter what you did, um, I would say focus on look at social media and how to utilize that. Um, I think that's where the growth is. Well, I just think that the brick and mortar is the last step of – it's the last thing you need, you know, that you don't need, you don't need a facility to, to build the success. But now, so if you have built this clientele and you're making a ton of money and you're renting space from someone and your business has grown so much that you have a waiting list. And so, you know, you could probably hire a trainer underneath you and start having him do, I mean, and that's kind of how Sal did it. I know he didn't really get into detail share, but I mean, that guy had so much business and had so many people that wanted to train with him that he could foresee that, Oh, I'm going to hire two, three trainers. And then I'm still going to keep getting clients and make money off that and then have them train it. And so not only is his bills being paid, uh, at the facility by the trainers that are leasing from him, then on top of that, he's still making money on the people he's farming. So if your business hasn't grown to that point without a, a brick and mortar gym, I, I I think you'd be silly to think you're going to get into it and try and build it then. So I, to yeah. me, it's the very last. So if you were going to do it, it's the very last step uh, that I would ever think about doing. So yeah, it's just the biggest commitment. That's the one that you really have to you know you have to sign away just like another mortgage. Like this is something that uh, you know you're going to go through periods. Where, you know, you're not going to be profitable, but you're going to have to scramble and do all you can to be profitable. And it's just the, the, the fact there is it's it's limiting. So I guess the we were just trying to caution because it's like, uh, you know, even for me personally, like I, I got into a position where twice I almost pulled the trigger and got, you know, a gym because it's very appealing, you know, especially in this industry to do that uh, because it seems logical. But 
um, like Sal was saying, like there's just more opportunities now. So there's there's more ways to grow uh, as far as like people reaching you and, and finding you and communicating back with people. So whatever you have as far as a knowledge base is, becomes valuable, like information is valuable. And, uh, you know, there's there's lots of, of opportunity out there right now, especially as technology is growing. You're already seeing trainers like having video conferencing. You know, you're you're, you're looking at different aspects of training. There's so many different avenues like, you know, specialties like Pilates studios, you know, like yoga, like um, you can get like super knowledgeable in, in one facet and then at least be able to voice that and, and draw people like unique people to you. And there's enough unique people in the entire planet, you know, that everybody can make a, an awesome business out of it. Whereas, you know, it used to just be like your local area. Yeah, very true. Like, that's you, such could, a great point. That's a great point. That's what I'm saying. Social media. Like I could, let me put it this way. If I had the number one selling uh, magnet store online, I'm a millionaire. You just, I'm talking about refrigerator magnets. If I was yeah. selling refrigerator magnets, but it was the number one online uh, site online, I'd be a millionaire. Now, if I open a freaking- uh, and, nobody you know, could, I, and nobody could know you too. That's the, nobody that's, would know. that's the crazy part. It's not even big enough for me to be famous. But if I opened up a refrigerator magnet store right now where we live or anywhere around here, I would go out of business within three weeks. Like It's not enough people to, to pull from. Yeah. Now, if you like to just, you just still want to do the old school type personal training or whatever, here's why I bought a gym. I bought a gym because I like to be the boss. That's, I'm being honest. I'm not, I'm not bullshitting. I don't like working for other people. Yeah. So I said, you know what? I'll own my own. So I could be the total boss and control the whole thing. That's the truth. The reality is I probably could have made as much or more money if I rented from someone else and was just a trainer. Mm -hmm. Because when I owned my gym, uh, I had a, you know, my nut was over $6,000 a month. You know, when I counted my rent and my bills and all the other shit, I had to hit over six grand mm -hmm. just to break even. Which isn't that crazy of a number when you think about it. Like it isn't, but for a small- it could, it, could, it could get a lot more than but that. But for a small 1,500 square foot personal training facility with massage, whatever. That's what I mean. Right? So $6,000 a month, I got, I got to hit that number just to break even, whereas I could have gone into Gold's and paid them, I don't know how much they charge. $600 a month. I could have paid them 600 bucks a month. I could have trained my own clients. Yeah. My net was nothing and I'd make a lot of money. So for me to even- beat that at Gold's, I would have had to have generated $5,400 worth of sublease, sub, sub rent. You see what I'm right, saying? Right. So that's the thing. It's, it's, um, it's difficult. You got to hope sense. that they're pulling people. So right. They so stay if you, busy, yeah. you can, you, if you want to train people, I would say don't open your own gym, go rent from somebody who lets you run your business out of the gym. Mm -hmm. Smartest thing you could possibly yeah. do. Well, absolutely. And the thing that you got, like Justin said about, uh, and what you said about social media and you got to think that if you, I don't know if you've been listening, if you haven't you should, and you care about business, you really should start from the beginning of this podcast and listen to the, listen to it because ultimately this was a business that the three of us came together and we are building. Uh, and we're still majorly in the building process. And one step to that, we all knew that if, that there'll be, if we get ourselves out there, whether it be virtually on uh, social media platforms or through a podcast mm -hmm. that there'll be a, like Justin said enough people that are like-minded that see what we're trying to do and we'll latch on it might take us a while and we knew too that we couldn't ask for anything we had to give we had to give we had to give we had to show we had to show that we knew what we were talking about that we could help people out and we had we knew we had to do that until we got enough people that understand and see it and get it and get what we're trying to do but we knew they were there we knew they existed we knew there was a big need for it mm -hmm. so the same thing goes for yourself there are a lot of people that are just like you that are like-minded that think the way you think you just got to get out there you have to find a way to get there and get connected to those people whether it be through podcasting or social and, 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 and no there's, a, there's a step there's a process to this too so like you know as 
you know, step one, like we kind of mentioned, big box gym. That's a great opportunity for you to see, you know, a higher volume of clients right away without having to worry about the marketing piece. Then step two, the marketing piece, we get into independent training, right? How do we maximize that? How do we get ourselves known? How do you become a leader in your community? You know, how do we, how do we tweak all these things to make sure that you're totally going to be successful in that aspect of it? Now we go into gym, you know, now how can we own a gym and do it the right way and get leads and contacts and all this stuff? You know, you have to consider all these things. And then what if I want to go off and create my own product? Oh, well, guess what? There's a whole formula for that. And there's also crowdsourcing. There's all these different ways that you can pull uh, funding without having to so many sign away all your stuff for 10%. So many opportunities. So, but it's out there, though. It's out there. Like, there's just a, a lot to consider uh, before you just you just sort of, like, see yourself within this box. Yeah, I'll say this, just to not to keep hammering on this, but. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, if you're going to do the social media thing, here's the best piece of advice I could give you. Cause I'm relatively new to it. I started, you know, recently, um, is this know your flavor. Here's what I mean. Mm, if you, yep. if you're a good looking, muscular, photogenic person, Gosh, such a good point, that's right? your flavor. That's what you use on social media. That's how you get yourself big. If that's not who you are, then don't use that. Don't post, you know, don't try and be that person. If you're not that person. Uh, know your flavor. For me, when I got on Instagram, I saw on Instagram everybody's like talk about, look at my new workout, look how buffed I am, look how hot I am, whatever. And I understand that got attention, but I knew what my flavor was. My flavor's always been information, always. And so I used my platform to provide information, and that's how I've started to build my social media. If your flavor is is as sports or your flavor is weird yoga positions or whatever, use that flavor, and that's how you'll build your following uh, on social media. Uh, it's the best way you can do it. You have to be authentic. That is such good. Right. And, that's and, what I mean. Yeah, be authentic, be yourself, stick to that formula. Do not try and mirror what's someone The biggest no. mistake I see in the <laughs> fitness world right now, and, and it cracks me. Here is, what they, here is what they think is the formula. They think it is the take the half-naked pictures of yourself, that's a must, show hardcore workouts in the gym, and then uh, tell people uh, about uh, about supplements that they can take for that and then leave an inspirational quote that's yeah. like the post yeah. that's like a like a fitness person's post and they just recycled yeah. over and they're super positive and you know work hard and do this and when i first started going like i remember like so trying to figure this all out like i was trying this and trying that and it wasn't until i finally said fuck all this trying bullshit i'm just gonna just do me you know what i'm saying i'm gonna do me i'm gonna piss some people off along the way but fuck them i don't want to hang out with them anyways i yeah. only want people following me that want to hang out with me anyway so then i just started being true to myself and posting what I would post and talk the way I would talk and, yep. you know, forget everybody else. Cause that, that's what you want. Those are going to be your best customers because those people are like you. That's they think it. like you. And the internet allows you to reach yeah. so many more of them that it's just a big pool. Yeah. So you pull from. Sal Mergolo is asking if you need a nice physique to build a clientele in the fitness industry. Mm. It'll help. Mm. Uh, you don't have to be like you don't have to be like muscular and ripped. Um, if you're overweight, uh, that would make it very difficult because people <laughs> are going to look at you and they're going to say, "Well, fuck, you don't you, you know." Either a they think you don't know what you're doing, or b you're not displaying that same kind of uh, you know the commitment that you would need to be fit. Did you ever Did you ever hire a fat a fat trainer? Well, here I was just going to say. So here's the deal. I did. I have a, I have, I have a story for. This. I have, but I'll tell you what it was. <laughs> I, uh, so I went to, this is the story, a while ago I went to a restaurant and the kid serving me was so charismatic, I don't remember where it was, it was like some whatever, I think it was like Chili's or something. The kid was so charismatic and joking and laughing and just great personality that 
you know, I, immediately I, I, I thought to myself, I got to have this kid working for me. So I started talking to him and I said, hey, I manage the gym up the street. How much do you make here? Well, did you know you can make this much? And do you like fitness, this and that? So I started talking about fitness and the guy goes, oh, man. He goes, I've been working out consistently for the last year and I've lost over 85 pounds. Pulls out his wallet, shows me his driver's license. And the kid was still, he's still not what you consider fit. He doesn't look, he's a little heavier than average, but he was massive before. And I looked at that picture and said, this fucking, I love this. Like he's gone through himself. He's busted his ass. He's gotten in shape. He's got a great personality. I'm going to hire this guy. Uh, We started talking. I wanted him to be a sales guy. He wanted to be a trainer. So I let him be a trainer. And guess what? He did pretty well. And one of the reasons, it didn't get in the way of what he was doing because uh, he was able to relate to a lot of people, to a certain clientele in the gym. Those people that are coming in that are real intimidated by working out, kind of overweight, well, they're going to go to him and they're going to feel, you know, and they can hear his story and they're going to feel like, okay, this guy understands me. So you don't have to be ripped. You can make it work, but you better take health, you know, seriously because otherwise you're just bullshitting, you're lying. And that won't make a good trainer, I don't think at all. I hired someone really overweight one time. (laughs) Yeah. And the only reason why I did was, you know, this was during uh, early years when I was still learning myself on how to hire, how to hire a great trainer. You know, what what should I look for and what are like, you know, non-negotiables in them? What are some of the things that, you know, I've never really, you know, ventured this way with this type. So I was always, you know, hiring different personalities, learning a lot, which is why I always attribute to the last facility that I had is like, you know, probably one of the, I had great teams always, but that last group was really, really dialed. And a lot of that just came with, I felt like I was better at that. I learned, I got better at picking out what would be a good trainer right out the gates. And one of the, during this learning curve, uh, I, you know, I went through this phase where I was like, man, I feel like I just totally, if someone's really at like really out of shape, I just, no way I won't, I can't hire them. Cause I felt that you gotta be somewhat in shape. Right. But then sometimes I would turn away someone who was really smart. You know, they had like their masters in Kinesis or something. And I'd be like, man, but that trainer probably could really help some people out. They were probably really knowledgeable. And so I remember then I told myself, okay, the next time like a really smart trainer comes in, I don't care if he or she is 50, 60 pounds overweight, I'm fucking hiring them. I'm going to put this to, to test and see what happens. <laughs> well, long story short, she didn't do very well. Uh, and I got a lot, and I got a lot of people that would complain to me. She was very, very intelligent, but that was the complaint. Even they, they would say to me like, man, she was really smart, but I feel like if she really knows that much about all this stuff, like why would she allow herself to be overweight like that? Yeah. And I'd be like, fuck, you know, it's, it's tough. It was a really tough well, situation. And she, it, it, and she, you're and I selling her to, yourself. Yeah. I mean, this business, you're selling yourself. And, and, and it's so, very superficial. I mean, right? it, unfortunately it's a reality. And so you do have to consider it. You know, and and if you do have a background story like that where you lost a ton of weight and then, you know, you still had some fluff and all that kind of stuff, that definitely is a selling point that helps, you know, because it's it definitely hits a demographic of people that are intimidated that um, they could they could really see themselves in you. And I think a lot of times, too, people hire like they, they see themselves in you. I've had people even tell me that, like you know, like you're strong, you know, I want to kind of look like you, you know, like I've had people even say that. And so that's kind of weird, but you know, like it's, it is something that, you know, people superficially are looking at, you know, I I remember I, I only took like one trainer seriously that was overweight. And that was one of my strength conditioning coaches uh, in college because I knew that he He was just strong. (laughs) Yeah. He was strong and he was amazing. Like he just, he knew so much about like working out and, and and competing at a very high level. It's just that he was older and, you know, didn't just let his body go to, to waste, but it's like the knowledge was there. 
you know, to pass on. Well, here's so. the deal. There's definitely com- uh, there's a cos- cosmetic uh, aspect, but the cosmetic aspect is limited to any job. It's it's any job. If you're good looking, you tend to do. If you look good, if you're fit, look. If you're fit and you sell houses, you'll probably do better because people find you attractive. But that's a small part. Here's the big part. It would be like a priest preaching to me about religion, but then behind, you know, but then when no one's looking, the dude is freaking fornicating and doing all kinds of drugs and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I'm not going to want to listen, even though I might be very religious and I need that guidance, I'm not going to want to listen to that priest because he's a fucking hypocrite. This is what happens when you look like you're out of shape and clients look at you. It's not necessarily the cosmetic thing. I mean, because that's kind of extreme example, but yeah. You get what I'm saying? It's yeah. not necessarily the cosmetic <laughs> thing. It's it's that... <laughs> just throw the priest like, under the bus. Like, Whoa. Okay. Just throw the priest under <laughs> the bus. I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm not fat right now. Yeah. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, but, but you, get, you get what I'm saying. Like, no, no, no. They're going to look at someone and I'm, they're going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. this guy or girl... Doesn't they don't they don't practice what they preach and and fitness in a lot of senses is religion to people because you're preaching I mean that's what you do to your clients you preach to them about nutrition exercise and if you don't follow it yourself you're like fuck you man I'm not doing this hard work when you don't even do it well yourself. you know and the funny part is I, I believe Sal and I know I've been on his page before he's fucking fit yeah yeah, yeah he's really fit so I and, and I so maybe I hope he's not wondering like do you have to be even crazier fit to be a de- decent trainer no he looks good yeah he looks great already uh, maybe he's asking for somebody else. Uh, Send nudes to Adam. No, okay. <laughs> don't do that. We just stopped. I just told you I haven't been getting those, bro. You haven't been getting. No, anymore? no. Let's not talk about that I know. shit. We I've should, been happy. I've should been bring getting... that back. No, no. Let's not bring back. Wait, the news. you haven't gotten a dick pic in a long time. Huh? <laughs> Other than the ones you send me. Wait, on Mind Pump, you're at Mind Pump Adam on Instagram. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Direct message. No, I I just think that uh, if he's asking for himself, which I like, I said I've seen his page before. He's definitely. Now you're it, fine. Yeah. The only thing I would say. Um, because here's the thing that you have to think about more than the getting in shape or being a, a trainer that's like super ripped, right? Um, I have to say that, uh, you know, if there's been phases in my 15 years of training, right, that I, I've, I've felt like I've really learned a lot about training. You know, one of the things was literally actually uh, teaming up with the gentleman in this room. I mean, to like I said earlier, of just the bringing a whole other perspective uh, and specialties and, and combining our experience and expertise all together. I feel like I've grown so much in the last year for sure. So this will always go down as a, a memory for me of a huge growth time in my life. Another one was the process for me going through competing. Just because I took my body to a level I've never been before, I believe it's made me such a better coach and a, and a better person. So you think there's value in, in yes. what you're saying? Okay. So there, I think uh, that is, uh, I care more about that, like that you've gone to that point because I feel like there's things I learned that I, I can't, I can't, I could have never explained until I, I went through it myself. Right. So there was a big educational piece for oh, me. Well, that's, that. that's, that's uh, a great point. I mean, uh, if I'm, if I'm perfecting a, my squat, my own personal squat, I become a better trainer with squats. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Well, and so it, that's a great point. It's, and it's also like how I feel, uh, if you were to compare, um, Justin, uh, teaching sports performance and me teaching sport, sports performance, I feel like he has applied that, uh, in his own life and, and way more so than I have that even though I may be able to, you know, mirror and t- teaching that process. I don't think I'm a- as uh, can't ever be as good until I've applied. You it don't have much. that intuitive. There's an intuitiveness to Abs- it to when you've done it yourself. Yes, yeah. you were you and that and those little and I'll tell you what. And if you guys can, uh, I, for sure for me, the little tips um, 
that I'm able to give to a, a client that I'm training that like those subtle things like, you know, rock your hips back or think about pulling your chest to the bar. It's because you've trained people. It's because you've been with yeah. so, and sometimes it's the most subtle little thing you tell somebody that just this switch goes off and now their body, they click right into it yep. that you just can't read that. You'll never get that in a book, you know, and you have to go through it enough times. You have to have stumbled yeah. enough times where you fucked up and didn't get to some. So that process going through for me, that, uh, allowed me to go through a process and, and challenge my body in ways and in uh, many ways mentally too that I had to like learn how to overcome that so now I feel like when I f- notice that or I see that coming in a client I feel like I can help them much better yeah you know? definitely Joseph Awe Lua 89 is asking about the if the job you do affects the calories and macros you eat throughout the day okay so the question is uh, uh yeah what you're doing during the day for work does that mean you, you does that make a difference in terms of how many calories you should eat or what your macros look like. This right? is why I got fat right here. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, <laughs> this is, Adam always likes to talk about NEAT. Yeah, it's NEAT. Let's yeah. talk about NEAT. Which is, uh, what is the acronym NEAT? It's uh, Not, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. There you go. So basically it's all the, it's the calories you burn when you're not exercising. So your regular day. Your regular day can, it will actually, uh, if you imp- increase the activity in your regular day, even by, by little amounts, You'll overall burn more calories than you do yeah. during your workout. Um, if you're the average person, you work out three days a week. That's three hours a week. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of hours during the day where if you just simply, you know, uh, park, park your, park another your car further away, yeah. lunchtime. Underrated you, things. It is that's the out there. biggest underrated thing. And it is for sure. It goes. This goes right back to the last question because this was something when I got so crazy um, in competitive mode and I was tracking everything to where I was tracking my steps. A huge light bulb went off for me. I went, holy shit, like, why am I doing this stupid cardio that it, because just because that's like the formula for bodybuilders, they do this one hour in the morning, this and that. Why don't I just simply increase my steps by 5,000 to 8,000 steps every single day just by simply being more active? Now, if I have to get on there and run because I'm behind the day or whatever, but starting that approach, handling that or looking at it with that approach. I was like, man, that equals way more calories I'm going to end up burning just by doing that, and it's way less effort for Bro, me. if you take the average person who wants to lose weight and instead of telling them to go to the gym and do 30 minutes of cardio three days a week, mm-hmm. just tell them uh, walk 10,000 steps a day. That's it. Yeah. Uh, way more effective. Yeah. Way yeah. more effective. You guys remember those devices. They still have them. The one I used was the body bug. Um, but these are devices that tell you how many calories you burn throughout the day because there's different you know metrics that it measures or whatever. I'll, I'll never forget. For me, this happened years ago because I, I actually was selling body bugs when they first came out in my gym. I carried them and I'd have clients wear them and then they download them. I'd look on the computer and I'd see that my my clients were burning more calories on the, sometimes on the weekends mm-hmm. than they were on the days that I trained them. We had the same exact thing happen at the same that time in our career because we yeah. I was pushing body bugs. I was a fir- one of the first ones to ever have one. And it blew me away because- And I, I would trip out on their Saturday or Sunday. They clean house. They it. did something yeah. like that. And they were burning more f- calories than yeah. they were after my hard-ass workout. I was blessing their Getting ass like, on. pissed. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I, I remember specifically, I had one client come in. I'm like, dude, you burned way, a lot more calories on Saturday. Like, what did you do? Where'd you go? Yeah. And she's like, I didn't do anything. I'm like, what do you mean you didn't do anything? She's like, well, I went to the mall. I did dishes. Then, yeah, and, and then oh, I had to wash the car, and I do. I had a lot to get ready. And for I was like, "Holy shit!" Exactly. I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, you just destroyed calories, uh, more calories than the freaking day that we, you know, yeah. the workout that we had the other day, which was real hard. Plus, you did thirty minutes of cardio that day, mm-hmm. and you just killed it with your, your neat. Yeah. And this is a big, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Adam uh, has accurately predicted this, and I'm going to back this up. 
this is going to be the massive this is going to be the next massive paradigm shift in fitness is focusing on that it's not going to be you know work out at the gym and do extra cardio it's going to be let's look and see what you do the whole day and just yeah. ramp that up a little bit yeah, every single just day add little increments here to you know it, improve i know anyone who's ever been coached by me that listens to knows that that's one of the things that i do that i know nobody does and it's yeah. the simplest thing ever and to me it's so much easier to be precise about it 30 minutes of hit cardio well, or, it's the first real metric that you're getting biofeedback for that's legitimate oh well, yeah well you and, know like because because i mean everybody's trying to scramble to come up with these things but it's like if you can figure out just how much you move you know, from there, it's like such a great starting point, you know, to really build and uh, excel your program because it's so individualized. Yep. I make every single client of mine has to have that device. Yeah. Because it, I've had way more success coaching to that than ever prescribing cardio, which is why I never talk about that stuff. It is the last thing that I do. And I mentioned this, I think, just on the other day on a podcast that I have a client right now who's getting ready for her birthday. She's one, she's less than a week now out. And this, I'm now letting her. Do all that now. I'm like, go crazy, you know. Oh, do, your, do cardio. Do, do, do your car. Do your cardio. Add all your stuff like that. It was the final week we're heading in, and we're trying to bring the best. But I waited all the way. Bef- all before yeah. that was just around neat. Was just add this many steps. So each week I would just ramp her average up. So it was so subtle for her too that it didn't feel like it was like, oh my god, I have to go way out of my way to do this. She'd just be like, well, you know, now at my lunch break, I make sure I just go walk for 15 minutes, or instead of driving here, I walk here for lunch, or you know, I get up a half hour early, yeah. and then when I'm waking up, I just kind of walk you're, around. You're establishing new patterns, yes, new habits, unreal what it does. I yeah. take the stairs, little yeah. things yeah. like oh, that. Yeah. I, I, that'll be the biggest achievable. One, one of the biggest game changers you will see, and I even think in the competitor bodybuilding world for sure is that learning to to coach that. That's when you know you got to fuck coach that's on on point that's it you heard it here first on mind pump oh yeah leave us a five star rating and review on itunes you may win a free t-shirt you can find me at mind pump sal on instagram you can find adam at mind pump adam and you can find justin at mind pump justin and you can find mind pump the show at mind pump radio on instagram and on facebook it's mind pump show check us out thank you for listening to mind pump For more information about this show and to get valuable free resources from Sal, Adam, and Justin, visit us at www.mindpumpradio.com. Until next time, this is Mind Pump.